just been God's grace. And uh, Mark Landreth-Smith is going to come and speak to us. And what would I say about Mark? I would say he is one of the Barnabases of the movement. He is a son of encouragement. I think every time I felt flagging, getting a phone call or a cup of coffee with Mark, I just feel like I, I can walk on water now. He's just one of those amazing networkers. He, he loves people, loves the lost. He's built great churches. And we are thrilled, Mark, that you're speaking to us tonight. So please come and serve us. Let's welcome him. Just um, take a deep breath. And another one. Well done. Well done. Well done for being here. Well done for giving up three days. Those of you who have given up three days. Well done those who've given up one day. Well done those who've come for one evening. Thank you to those of you watching online tonight. Well done. Well done. Well done for getting here. Well done to those of you who have made complicated childcare arrangements. Man, I can remember how complicated it was with four children trying to get one there and one there and one there and one there and... Are you kind of watching the phone? Is everybody okay? <laughs> well done. Well done for making it. Well done, well done. Well done to those of you who have taken days off to be here. Well, well done to the marketplace elders who serve the church and work and you've got here. Well done. Well done. We're so grateful. We're so grateful. Well done for leading well for leading commission churches. Well done. Well done for every long Sunday. Well done for getting there early. Well done for those of you who are on the setup rotor. Well done for those of you who do the rotor. Well done. Well done to James and Educate doing sound and AV tonight. Well done. Well done. Well done for every elders meeting, every leaders meeting. Well done for every tricky meeting. Well done for every horrid email, every perplexing pastoral issue, every demanding challenge. Well done. We are so grateful to God for you. On behalf of Guy and Heather and the team, we're just so grateful for this room, for the people in this room. We're so grateful. Well done. Well done. So I've kind of titled this evening, Rest. So just to kind of get us going, I'd, I'd like to 
for you to write down in your notepad, R-E-S-T, just kind of in a column on, on the left-hand side or do it on your phone. So I'm just going to give you a moment to think about this because what I'm going to ask you to do, I'm just going to ask you to write down what, what gives you rest, what, what gives you life, what helps you, what invigorates you, starting with R and E and S and T, just to start with, okay? So, so just kind of write down some things. What, what gives you life? What gives you rest? What invigorates you? Um, yeah, just kind of have a little think about that. Write it down, nice big letters. What does you good? What brings you life? What do you enjoy? It'll be different for each of you according to your personality, your biorhythms. It'll be different according to your adrenal system. It'll just be different. What gives you rest? And now at the bottom of that, so at the bottom of the T, now just write something else that you just really enjoy, that you know just, oh, I, I really like doing that. I really like that. Again, it'd, be, it'd just be different for each personality. And then we'll um, come back to those in just a minute. But let me just give you a tip. Do more of those. Whatever you've just written down, do more of that. Because we, we all know, don't we, that church leadership is just intense, isn't it? It's just, it's just intense. It's emotionally demanding. It's, it's physically demanding. It's just sometimes tough. Isn't it? It's just tough. We could be real with each other in, in this room because we're all in it together. So do more of what you've just written. Because we, we're in this for the long haul together, aren't we? We, we want to be here together. We want to be here together. We want to be here together and together and together and again and again. We want to be there at... Commission Festival next year and in the next year and the next year. We, we want to be in this for the long haul together, don't we? So, so do more of, of what you've just put down. Have guiltless rest, guiltless pleasure, guiltless times of fortifying your soul, guiltless times of restoring your emotions and restoring your body as well. Sleep well. Rest well. Eat well. Exercise well. All those things that we know and we, we kind of heard about kind of in COVID and then coming out of COVID, let's, let's keep doing those things so that we are healthy leaders together. So now I'd, I'd like to turn to a really familiar passage in the Bible. In fact, you probably know it off by heart. I'd like to turn with me to Psalm 23. And we're going to, we're going to walk through a little bit of it together. And then we're going to pray for some people and, and pray for each other. Psalm 23. 
Psalm 23 says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wasn't it great this morning, Guy's kind of prophetic word about the shepherd? And um, uh, I grew up in the Middle East and one of the things I was always fascinated by was kind of watching the shepherds and their attentiveness to their sheep and how intimate they were with their sheep and how they lived for their sheep, how they watched over their sheep and cared for their sheep and and knew their sheep and knew everything about their sheep. In fact, um, in the Middle East and in certain parts of Africa as well, I'm sure that Meg would tell you that that the shepherd knows knows the sheep so well that it has very, very personal names for the sheep. They, They don't just call them Sean. Or Kevin. No, no, they call them much more personal names. They call them the one who was born by the stream by moonlight. It's very, very personal. Or the one that I had to pull out backwards by the legs. They're just really, really personal. And sometimes I think, I wonder, I wonder what my personal name is with God. I wonder what, I wonder what the Good Shepherd will will call me on on that day when we have a new name. Because he, the good shepherd, loves us so intimately, so closely. And this psalm is full of intimacy, isn't it? It's about me and and I and and my. And and it's full of this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful picture of David's lovely, close relationship, his intimacy with God. I am. I am the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He, he leads me. Your, your phone isn't your shepherd. Netflix isn't your shepherd. Your church isn't your shepherd. Jesus is your shepherd. He, he is the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I, I shall not want. I have no lack. I don't need anything else apart from you, Lord which again just flies in the face, doesn't it, of our present culture. Apparently, when you go, when you go to London for a day, Guy and Heather will know this, um, you're assaulted by more than 2,000 adverts. And most of them are telling you things that you need. Buy this, buy this, buy this, you need this, you need this, buy this hair product, buy this drink, buy this car, go to this show, buy these clothes, buy these shoes, then you will be happy, then you will be fulfilled. Buy this, buy this, buy this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack 
nothing. I lack nothing. I I don't need anything else. I was talking to a gentleman recently. He, He lost his wife of 35 years a few years back, so I'd just like to check in with him. How, how, how are you doing, Graham? How, how's, how's things? And he said to me, he said, Mark, I, I still miss her. I still cry every day. I still talk to her. Even when I'm in the cupboard, I talk to her. But I've learned this. I've learned to be content in God. I think, what an example. <laughs> what a great example. I, I lack nothing. And Lady Sue in the church, catching up with her. You know, hey, how are you doing? She's had cancer, gone through diagnosis, come out the other end, chemotherapy, got better. Slightly worried. Husband, husband died. Terrible kind of, you know, some people, this kind of one thing after another. Terrible kind of financial difficulty. Sue, you know, how... Just said to her the other week, Sue, how, how, how are you doing? Just, how, how are you doing? How are you doing? She said, Mark, I've learnt this. If I've learnt nothing else, I've learnt this. Joy is not dependent upon my circumstances. Joy is dependent upon my relationship with God. I just think, man. <laughs> what an example of this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Brothers and sisters, let's make sure we have that kind of contentment in Jesus, our good shepherd. I don't need anything else. I I live with no lack because of him. The Lord is my shepherd. I I shall not want. He, He makes me lie down. He, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Brothers and sisters, whatever you wrote down for rest, do that. And also, have some time in your green pasture. Wherever is your green pasture, wherever is your still water, have some time there to restore your soul. Go there. Go to your, go to your place of still water. It might be physical water. It might be a place where you physically enjoy nature. That's a great way of releasing endorphins into our bloodstream that help us just feel happier, make us feel better. Go to that place where you can see God's glory and and his wonder. I'll show you my still water that I went to is this still water in the summer. I tell you, when you sit by this still water in the morning, suddenly life takes on a different perspective. God is big. God can handle it. I, I, what am I worried about in West Berkshire? This is the God that I am worshipping. This is where I went for our sabbatical. Um, have a sabbatical. Let me encourage you. If you haven't had one, have, have a sabbatical. <laughs> have a sabbatical. I, I, to be honest with you, I had pre-sabbatical anxiety. Because I was thinking, what am I doing? What am, what am I doing? I lead a church. I'm the only full-time pastor. I'm the only full-time person. I, you know, what's, what am I doing? What am I doing leaving the church? I, there's nobody else full-time. What am I doing? It's irresponsible to go on sabbatical. What am I doing? There's so much to do before you go on sabbatical. You have to plan three months of rotors. What am I doing? <laughs> and then this happened by the still water. (laughs) 
I, I, wasn't those, I wasn't one of those who felt like I was on the edge going on sabbatical. You know, we all know those who've gone on sabbatical and then they've come back but not come back. I knew I wasn't like that. But I thought, God, you know, I, just, I do need to hear from you about a few things. I, you know, the, the next five years, that would be good. Strategic plan for the next five years. People would say to me, why are you going on sabbatical? I said, well, I just want to get clear in my head the next five years. That's really important. So day one. Here I am, Lord. What's the plan? <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Show me the plan, Lord. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. Day two. Day three. Six weeks in, <laughs> I still heard anything about the plan. Eight weeks in, I'm like, God, what? What? <laughs> you know, any time? <laughs> and then, uh, and I was thinking about my bike. And uh, I noticed when I left, I had a slow puncture in my bike. And uh, I mean, I, I, I can cycle, you know, I could, if I cycle from Newbury to Hungerford, I could do that. I might not get quite back because of my slow puncture. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, that's you. I'm like, what? And then, and then, just God showed me three slow punctures in my soul. I was like, oh. And I felt them. <laughs> I just felt them. I knew exactly. I knew exactly what they were. Three slow punctures in my soul. Now you can either took a pa- you can either took a patch, can't you? You can try and patch your inner tube. But when you've got two or three punctures, you don't patch them. You need a new inner tube. And then probably when you got a new inner tube, you realise actually you need a new tyre. For me, to be honest with you, I, I didn't get my five-year plan, <laughs> but I did get a new inner tube, and I did get a new tyre, and I did get my tyres pumped up, ready to go again, wherever that is. Have a sabbatical. Have a Sabbath. Don't plan any church meetings on Saturday. Have a Sabbath. Let, let your people have a Sabbath. Sunday's really busy. The rest of the week's really busy. Guard your own Sabbath. Turn your screen off. Turn your phone off. Read John Mark Homer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's fantastic. It'll challenge you. It'll bless you. It'll help you. Because why? He restores my soul. And brothers and sisters, we want you to be in good shape for this fantastic adventure that we are on together. We don't want you to fall by the wayside, to be overtired. When you're, when you're overtired, you're, you're not just grumpy, you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to sin. You're vulnerable to Netflix. You're vulnerable to gaming. You're vulnerable to looking at things you shouldn't do. Let's Let's, let's make sure we're guarding our hearts and guarding our souls, friends. We want to be 
fit soldiers for this fight, don't we? He restores my, my soul. And then, and then, I mean, there's just so much we could kind of go through, couldn't we? Let's, let's just take this, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Some of you know what that's like. You, you know what it's like to, to be in the dark valley, the valley of the shadow of death you'll be familiar with. But know this, you will walk through it. That's the promise, isn't it? You will walk through it. You're not going to stay in it. You're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That, that health diagnosis that suddenly comes to you or to your brother or your sister or your child or your mum or your dad and suddenly the shadow of death creeps over you. Some of you know what that's like from COVID. Many of us know what that's like, the shadow of death coming over us. Literally. We, we know people in this, who would have been in this room with us. The shadow of death is real. And yet we've also got people in this room who have walked through the valley of the shadow of death. And their testimony is, his rod and staff, they comfort me, for I know that you are with me. Brothers and sisters, that is the audacious and unique claim of the gospel. I will be with you. I will be with you. When we read Isaiah 43, God's promise is, when you go through the waters, I will take you out of it. When you go through the fire, I will take you out of it. No, no. When you go through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through the fire, I will be with you. That's the promise. That's the audacious promise of our Saviour. Whatever you go through, I will be with you. I will fill you with the Holy Spirit. You will know my presence wherever you go. He's a good shepherd. That doesn't always mean that good things will happen to you, but he is a good shepherd and he will be with you. And when we dwell in that place of knowing his presence just naturally and sitting in his presence, soaking in his presence, oh, there's just nothing like it, is there? <laughs> there's just nothing, nothing like it, is there? And have you noticed that when you do that, kind of mission just kind of comes more naturally? Have, have you noticed that? When you... When, when you're in a good place with God, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, let me, let me give an example. So I did, um, I did a minibus test recently, just one of those things you do, don't you? So I just thought it'd be useful to be able to drive the minibus, you know, maybe I can borrow it, use it for the church, lodge. I have the minibus test, and uh, usual thing, nine o'clock in the morning, lots of traffic, there's cars, there's a chicane, it's tricky, come to a junction, somebody cuts you up, that's difficult, it's challenging. Come to the end of the driving test, and the examiner says to me, this is what she says, I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> and I'm like, oops, that doesn't sound good. I said, what do you mean? She said, I've never seen anybody that calm. Why is that? I said, well, actually, I think it's Jesus. 
Jesus, she said. <laughs> so let me just have this great conversation about Jesus and Jesus, the Prince of Peace, and Jesus dwelling within, and his Holy Spirit gives you calmness, gives you peace. So, so the other day, I'm, I was in our local supermarket, and, uh, and, I, just, and I just thought, I'm just going to go into the supermarket um, and just see, really, see what God does, because sometimes it's just good to do that, isn't it? And there was a guy, <laughs> a guy I don't go shopping. <laughs> And there was a guy there, he just looked so bored. He's standing there, you know, the guy who has to give you little things to taste, yeah. <laughs> He's literally just standing there. So I went up and he said, hello. And he said, oh, would you like to taste something? I said, yes, I would. I said, what is it? He said, it's pate <laughs> on a cracker. I said, yeah, but what kind of... You know, give me more. What kind of cracker? What kind of pate? Anyway, there's a conversation about the cracker and the pate. So I ate it really slowly in front of him. <laughs> no, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, to be honest, nor do I. I said, uh, I said, what's your name? He said, Gabriel. I said, Gabriel? <laughs> your, name, your name is Gabriel? He said, yeah. <laughs> I, said, I said, do you mean the archangel, Gabriel? He said, I suppose. I said, do you know who the archangel Gabriel was? Uh, no. no. I said, let me tell you about the archangel Gabriel. So we had a quick sweep of the scriptures. <laughs> I said, and if you go in Ezekiel, I said, when you get home, look in the Bible, you'll find Ezekiel. There you'll find descriptions of angels. In fact, there are ranks of angels. So I explained to him about the ranks of angels, and he's listening. I said, yeah. So I said, Gabriel, I just want to say thank you very much for today. I've really, well, I didn't really enjoy the taster, but I really enjoyed talking to you. And I pray that God blesses you. Now, I'll tell you what. He's going to remember that. <laughs> he will, won't he? <laughs> He's going to remember that day. He's going to remember me. Because <laughs> here's the thing. When you're dwelling in the presence, you just naturally take the presence with you don't you? <laughs> and you just do nutty things like that because, because of this. Because you take the presence of God with you. And, and, I, and I, just, I just love this. I just love this. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Because of course, when in the Middle East and now, if you go to a wedding, what happens is those, you know, if you go to one of those weddings where there's a wine waiter or several wine waiters, you know, you, you, kind of put your, you kind of put your drink down and you take a swig and you put your drink down and before you know it, it's full again and it's like, oh, so you have a drink and you put your drink down and before it's full again, it's like, oh, and you take a drink and before you know it, you've had three glasses of wine. But, but that's the kind of imagery here. I'm going to keep filling you. I'm going to keep filling you with my Holy Spirit. You are going to overflow. Jesus said, will he not give you the Spirit without 
limit. The Apostle Paul said, go on being filled with the Spirit. Friends, let's live in the overflow of the Holy Spirit. Let's have overflowing cups. Let's not be satisfied with a bit in a cup or a half cup. Let's have overflowing cups. Overflowing. Living in the overflow. That's what you want, don't we? And then, <laughs> and then it's just so lovely, isn't it? Goodness and fall. Goodness. Some of you will say goodness and love will follow me. Some will say goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I, a couple of commentators have said it's the name of the sheepdogs. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> because it's the pastoral imagery, it's about a shepherd, the sheep, goodness and mercy. It's the name of the two sheepdogs. I'm like, I'm just, I'm not, I just think, David did not have two black and white collies. Uh-uh. Goodness and mercy will follow me. No. I'll tell you what I think it's like. Shall I, shall I tell you what I think it's like? Goodness and, mer- goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. Let me think if I can do this. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I can say, this is a quick illustration of goodness and mercy following me all the days of my life. Imagine uh, Guy and Heather are on their way to the conference today. Okay? He's leaving London. He's driving out of London. He's, uh, he's driving down the M3. Suddenly, he sees behind him the blue light and flashing light of a police car. Inexplicably, he doesn't slow down. He puts his foot down <laughs> and accelerates away from the police car. And the police car chases him and he keeps his foot down. He's 70, 80, 90 miles an hour. And Guy's saying, Guy, calm down, calm down. Calm. And he's still going. He's still, and he looks in the rearview mirror. There's not one, but there's two police cars Two police cars in his rearview mirror. When he gets to Bournemouth, he doesn't slow down. He goes over the roundabout outside there. He goes through three sets of red lights. He tries to outrun the two police cars that are chasing him. He goes all the way to Poole and then runs out of fuel and comes to a grinding stop. The policeman walks over and says, uh, um, Are you Guy Miller? Yes. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. I've, um, you left your wallet in London, so I brought it for you. <laughs> oh, and one other thing. Uh, you, know that, you know that competition you entered to win a family holiday? You won it. It's actually for 17 people. It's a cruise around the Caribbean. It starts after the conference for your whole family. Congratulations. Oh, and if you would like to accompany my officer now, he'll take you to where you need to go. (laughs) So then the officer takes Guy into his police car. Guy and Heather now in his police car, and they're driving, just turn around, come back to Bournemouth. They drive through a portal, and suddenly they're in this fantastic, beautiful mansion by the lake. It's astonishing. 
if you'd like to come with me, Mr. Miller and Mrs. Miller, uh, this will be your new home from now on by the lake. We've also created a beautiful workspace for you, my dear, because you like to do your wonderful art. So we've got a lovely, lovely studio for you. For you, sir, we've got this amazing fishing boat and we've also got this amazing place where we've got all your favourite rods, including actually... A gold rod, just for you. 200 carat gold it is. Oh, we've encrusted it with diamonds to give it a bit of strength, because you know we like... Oh, and it's got your special thumbprint on it as well. So when you press it, the weather will change, and it will become <laughs> whatever you like. Oh, and Mrs Miller, there's a farmyard for all your animals, for all the grandchildren. Oh, and actually, that, the, boat, the, boat, the boat lives in that lovely cabin. You see, it says R on the top. And for you, the studio, Mrs Miller, it says... A on the top. That's because the officers, they just got a sense of humour because they saw your video. You know the one you sent to all the churches that said, well, you can fish with a rod, but it's better if you fish with a net. So where we are now, you get a new name and your name is Rod and yours is a net. <laughs> you see, <laughs> you see that, that's goodness and mercy hunting you down. That's what it actually means to go after, to pursue, to hunt you down. That's what it means, not a dog. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a sheepdog. It's God. That's his very nature. <laughs> he wants to do you good. He wants to bless you. He's going to do that right now. He's going to do that right now with some of you because he loves you that much.